Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Now, things are very, very fluid. I'm recording this at 1.40 Eastern Time on Friday. So depending on when you're listening to this, there may be a lot more going on because it doesn't seem like anybody wants to wait until March 3rd's trade deadline because things are so wide open, especially in the East. Can you afford to wait? until March 3rd when there's only a month left in the season. So Washington, I guess, is declared out. Orloff and Hathaway going to Boston, involved in a three-way trade with Minnesota. Uh, Smith gone uh, from Boston in the deal, and a lot of picks and just a lot of prospects. But Orloff, uh, third all-time for the Washington Capitals in games played. A really good addition to the Boston Bruins. A scary addition to the Boston Bruins, quite frankly. Uh, Garnet Hathaway is a good rough-and-tumble player that'll fit right in with the Boston Bruins. So Capitals did this before they lost at home to the Ducks. So nobody knows their team better than their own general manager and the team itself. And even though the Capitals are kind of right in the playoff mix, when you consider the points they're back, Washington sits just two points back of Detroit for that last playoff spot. But Washington has dropped six consecutive games. Only three wins in their last ten. Got to climb over Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Florida just to get to Detroit. And I guess they saw an opportunity to make a deal, so we'll see what else is on the horizon for Washington. And now Ottawa, that's got four games in hand on Washington, could end up passing the Capitals. See, that's that's the deal-breaker, I think, for the Capitals making the playoffs, the sheer number of games that they've played. They've played 60 games, so they've only got 22 left. Detroit's got three games in hand. Pittsburgh, three games in hand. Buffalo, four games in hand. The teams that are chasing after them. So, And if you want to look at the Islanders, who have played 61 games, that's the only team that the Capitals have a game in hand on, but they're sitting five points back of the Islanders. And I just think sometimes you just see, hey, we could try to follow this through, but we got a chance to make a deal. Let's make it. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen has been waived by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, the Penguins are in free fall as well. They've dropped four in a row, were crushed by the Ottawa Senate, by uh, the Edmonton Oilers last night, 7-2. Connor McDavid, two more goals. Dreisaitl had his 35th of the season. Nugent Hopkins, who's nobody's talking about with the Oilers, has 28 goals. So the Oilers really on fire. But Pittsburgh's a mess. Washington's a mess. you got to go back to 2006 the last time that Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby were not in the postseason. So ABC, ESPN, TNT, probably crying the blues. Two of the biggest stars in the sport may not make the postseason. But just looking at both of those teams, they just do not look like playoff teams right now. This is not the time to start be falling apart in late February when you have decisions to make. And I like what the Capitals did. They could make a huge mistake, in my opinion, and try to add and go for it. It's clear that this team is not a team that, even if they were to sneak into the playoffs, would be any kind of danger in the postseason. And the same for Pittsburgh. I know they've got Malkin and Crosby and Latang, and I know they've got a bunch of guys that have won cups and a bunch of good players on their team. You like Rust, you like Gensel, 
But the fact is, is that they've been teetering on not making the playoffs for years, and it's been a long time since this team's made it out of the second round. So if you want to, if you want to fool yourself into thinking there's some sort of a run, hey, anything can happen. Jari can stand on his head, and we can make a run. Or you know, Kemper can can stand on his head. He's won a Stanley Cup, so why can't we, you know, do it with it? Don't don't buy into that Washington and Pittsburgh. It's probably time to let it go. Um, but listen, I'm not the coaches of those teams, right? Peter Laviolette and Mike Sullivan are two really good coaches, and they probably don't want to let things go. But especially when there's so many games left in the season, but you got to see the forest through the trees, man. And I just do not think they're cup caliber or even getting out of the first round caliber. So if you have a chance to kind of reload, I understand Pittsburgh went for it, brought back Malkin, brought back Latang, and I guess you could say, hey, 27, 21, and nine, 63 points. One point out of a playoff spot as we enter play on February 24th is not the end of the world. But just look at yourself. Look at where you are. Three, six, and one in your last 10. Four game losing streak. You just got blasted in your own building by Edmonton. You know, it's probably time to go. Same thing with Washington. I know they've played three games without Ovechkin. He was back last night, but it goes beyond Alexander Ovechkin. They don't have the goaltending right now. They've had injuries all season long. It just. If you want to jump me on Twitter, you can. Defend your teams if you like. If you're a Penguin or Capital fan, I just don't think it's really going to happen for for your team. I just don't. And so you've got some very, very difficult decisions to make, and it looks like Washington has already made that decision. Um, But one of the bigger stories, and it's kind of hanging, that's why I kind of joked at the top of the, uh, the podcast that things are very, very fluid. Very interesting last night before the Rangers Red Wings game when we learned that there was the Rangers were going to play with 11 forwards and 7D uh, because of roster maintenance, as they put it. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, who wasn't going to play anyway, uh, was not going to dress, and neither was uh, Jake LeCision. So you knew it had nothing to do with injury because if LeCision was out, Kravtsov would have jumped in. They wouldn't have played with 11 forwards unless they felt they had to protect these players. Kravtsov has been rumored to go to Chicago in a Patrick Kane deal. So everybody's eyebrows kind of rose as, oh, maybe this deal is imminent. Then you started to hear social media, some reports that um, the um, the Patrick Kane is basically told the Chicago Blackhawks, if I'm going anywhere, I'm going to the Rangers, which gives no leverage to Chicago whatsoever, unless they decide to keep him. But that would be a mistake because the Blackhawks aren't going anywhere, and he becomes a free agent at the end of the year. So it probably makes sense to get something for him I don't know what Jake LeCision does for them because they didn't, you know, they could have claimed him on waivers when Vegas let him go. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know all about it because there's money that has to be dealt away here. So you combine LeCision and Kraftsoft, which takes about like 25% of Kane's salary. So I, I think it really just comes down to the negotiations of how much Chicago is willing to eat of Kane's contract to make this happen, or can you get a third team involved? so that you can make the money work. And it sounds to me like that's what Chris Drury is doing. Drury did not make the trip uh, to Detroit and Washington. That's where the Rangers played last night, and they're going to be in D.C. tomorrow afternoon before they return home to take on the Kings on Sunday. Now, don't read too much into that either. It's not like Drury is on every trip, but he's on most trips. And when you see players pulled off the roster at the last second or off the ice for the last second and you find out the general manager is back in New York – something's a brewing. Doesn't mean it'll happen because things can fall through because there's negotiations that have to happen here. But here's the difference with Kane as far as trying to acquire, say, Timo Meyer from, from San Jose. Patrick Kane's got a no-trade clause. 
So he does not have to go to anywhere Chicago can send him. Now, Vegas is very much interested. They're a cup contender. Dallas is interested. They're a cup contender. But when you heard the comments from Kane when the Rangers acquired Tarasenko that he was almost like godsmacked like he just he was like oh, I, I can't believe that I wasn't going to the Rangers he kind of he kind of tipped his hand a little bit on where he really wanted to go and the Rangers certainly are a cup contender although they haven't looked like it over the last three games but still I think the Rangers are a cup contender so he can make it hard on the Blackhawks to say I just only want to go to the Rangers and so then it just comes down to negotiating a fair deal and how much can Chicago or another party take salary-wise from Kane because right now it's presently constituted Kane would not fit under the cap even with LeCision and Kraftsoft going in the deal. And none of the minor leaguers that I think could be included in that deal would help cap-wise either. And again, with Chicago really having no leverage, it might just be those two players that go um, and we'll see if the Rangers want to throw in a Jones, you know, who's a, who's a spare defenseman that just can't get on the ice, who's down in Hartford. But this looks like it's becoming a reality. It may happen. And how crazy would it be? Because you take a look at the Rangers right now, and you got Jimmy VC on the top line. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But also, is Patrick Kane a perfect fit on the top line with Zabanajad and Kreider? But it gives you options. Even if you had Kane on your fourth line, now you're rolling four lines with all the legitimate way to score. And with the acquisition of Tyler Mott, who could fly, Gaudreau, who's a really good center, that would be a hell of a fourth line. And maybe you'd get more out of Kane on special teams than in the postseason if he limited his minutes by having him be a fourth-line player and always having the option of moving him up to the top line if you feel like Zabanajad and Kreider need the boost or if you need some offense. It just would create a lot of options for Gerard Gallant if they were able to acquire Patrick Kane. And boy, when you look at the firepower and the star power on that team, they become a very, very attractive team moving forward. It would really be interesting to do. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, the Rangers have kind of gotten stale here, back-to-back 4-1 losses in regulation to the Jets and the Red Wings. Now, these are good teams. Red Wings are playing terrific hockey right now, and it wasn't even about Larkin last night. They got great play from Rasmussen, who's a good young player, gets his 10th goal of the season. I thought Perron who's been in the league forever, has really added a lot. Huso has been terrific in net for them as uh, the Rangers tested him. He had a big save on Fox at 2-1 uh, that stopped it from becoming a 2-2 game. And then moments later, 
Um, I think it was the Rasmussen goal that made it 3-1 and pretty much put the game away. So give Detroit credit. They're playing well, and they are now in a playoff spot. So Dylan Larkin isn't going anywhere at the deadline, and they may look to add before they subtract to try to make this happen. They've got the longest run of any team without a postseason appearance, which is crazy considering their history. But it looks like they've got an excellent chance to do it this year, especially when you look what's happening with Washington, what's happening with Pittsburgh. It could very well happen. What an amazing win for the Devils. We got on them in the last podcast because they looked like they mailed in the effort against Montreal, and they, they, they fell behind again, 2 nothing to the Los Angeles Kings, but they fought back. They get a late goal from Heashier with 39 seconds left to get the game winner for Mercer, his second goal of the game, and the Devils pick up the win, and they widen their lead on the Rangers for second place in the division to six. And why is that significant? Because it looks like those two teams are on a collision course to meet in the first round. And even though a lot of Ranger fans would get into the building in New Jersey, I'm sure the Devils would much rather have home ice advantage than have to play four of a possible seven games in New York. Interesting with Mercer scoring two goals because he's the rumored piece to possibly go to San Jose for Timo Myers. So we'll see if they want to do that. Mercer's now got, what, 18 goals on the season? Um, he's got, yeah, 18 goals. So you'd be giving up a lot for a rental, but the Devils might actually think of a way to be able to keep him in the fold beyond this year, and they would have the chance to give him the extra year in free agency if they do make the deal. So the Devils, that's why the Rangers kind of feel the pressure of trying to make this Patrick Kane deal, because if the Devils get Myers or somebody else, it strengthens them. They're already better in the standings than the Rangers anyway. So you kind of want to keep up with the Joneses. It's starting to look like a bit of a pipe dream that at least the Rangers will catch Carolina. It's even going to be tough for the Devils. The Devils are in second place, three points behind Carolina, but Carolina's got two games in hand. So kind of settle in, boys. you got the Rangers and the Devils probably in the first round of the playoffs. What a wild game. Boy, pay money to see this game in Tampa between the Sabres and the Lightning. And I kind of got on the Sabres, too, on Wednesday, just that they weren't taking advantage of all these games in hand, and they almost blew it. They had a 5-3 lead in the third period. Looked like they were going to cruise to a win, as you guessed it, Thompson, with the hat trick. Um, and it looked like it was just going to be their special night. But midway through, Sorelli gets his eighth to make it 5-4. Then with about five minutes to go, Colton scores his 13th to tie it at five. And you're thinking, oh, even with a point in overtime, what a crippling loss it would be for the Sabres. Labushkin gets the game winner his first, unassisted in overtime. A shorthanded goal, 141 in. So Buffalo survives despite only having 63 shots on goal. They cashed in on six of those opportunities, and they get a huge win. So Buffalo still lurking, two points off a playoff spot. They've got a game in hand on Detroit, but they could also be eyeballing the Islanders. Islanders with 67 points, Buffalo with 62. So even so, the deficit is five. Buffalo's got five games in hand on the Islanders. So huge win for the Buffalo Sabres there. We talked about the Oilers crushing the Penguins 7-2. It was men against boys. It really was. Latang had given Pittsburgh an early lead, and then Edmonton went on to score six consecutive goals. Connor McDavid, his fingerprints all over this game. Just uh, an unreal performance from him as he just continues to dazzle every single night. He's got two goals now, leads the league with 46. He had a four-point night. Nugent Hopkins had a couple of points, a couple of points for Dreisaitl. He now has 35 goals on the season. So Edmonton rolls, scores a touchdown in Pittsburgh. Wild did what they had to do, beat uh, a, a struggling team. They shut out the uh, the Blue Jackets 
by the final score of 2-0. Marc-Andre Fleury pitches the shutout. He gets 30 saves. So now Minnesota, they are in third place in the Central Division with 69 points, and they're very much in the conversation to possibly win this division. They're three points back at Dallas. Both teams have played 58 games. Winnipeg's in between them with 71. They played 58 games as well. All three teams have difficult games coming up. Dallas is going to be at Vegas. Winnipeg is going to be home for Colorado. Minnesota will be at Toronto. So a very interesting weekend for them. Uh, Barubi calls out the Blues. uh, Very disappointed with their performance. They had a 2-0 lead going to the third period against the Canucks team that's thinking about the, uh, the future. And midway through the third, JT Miller scores his 20th. Kuzmenko, who we talked about, surprising, has got 27 goals, scores with 29 seconds left in regulation to tie it, and then Pedersen gets the game winner as 28th. So, you know, the Blues maybe had some fantasies, but that's probably over now as Vancouver, you know, 41-22, the Blues were outshot. Barubi calls out his team. Uh, the Flames get an important point. They do blow a lead in this one, but they lose to the Golden Knights 4-3. to So that's a big win for Vegas as they're trying to uh, – get uh, get a chance to win that division. So that was a huge game for them to be able to pull out at home. Petrangelo gets the game winner 42 seconds in after Carrier tied the game midway through the third period as the Flames blow a 3-1 lead. So the Flames, you heard EJ back on Monday, this is not a very good hockey team. Their goaltending is a mess, but they still sit only one point back of a playoff spot. But where they get screwed is they've played 59 games so they're chasing after Colorado. Colorado's played four less games. If you think about that second wild card, they're four points off the pace there. But Seattle's got a game in hand. And if you're going to try to catch the the Kings, who did at least earn a point last night, good luck with that. You're six points back. Both teams have played 59 games, so that might be the best route for the Flames to get into the playoffs, get to the third seed in the Pacific Division. But I don't know if they're going to be able to play consistently enough to do that. Kraken seem to have the code on the Bruins. They did lose this game, but they earned a point. So nobody's been able to beat Buffalo, uh, the Boston Bruins. And meanwhile, the Seattle Kraken have three of a possible four points against them. Um, as this one was really interesting, back and forth. Pasternak with his 42nd of the year. Marchand picked up his 18th of the season. And then when Bergeron scored late in the second period to make it 4-3, you thought it was going to be lights out. But then Yanni Gord gets a huge goal, a minute seven seconds to go in the second period to tie the game up at four. Schwartz scores late in the third at 15-50, and it looked like Seattle was going to sweep the season series, but Carlo scores just moments later. Actually, just looking at it, it looked like it was just 29 seconds later to tie it, and then in overtime, it was DeBrusque, or excuse me, DeBrusque with the winner um, in the third period at 18-22. So it was a regulation loss for the Kraken. That's right, DeBrusque's goal came late. So they do only get two of a possible four points against Boston, but they have played them very, very hard. That would be pretty interesting if that's your preview of a Stanley Cup final. Those two teams getting into it would actually be pretty cool. Uh, The Predators do what they have to do as they get a 6-2 win over the San Jose Sharks as we just await word what's going to happen with Myers and and Carlson on when uh, they will eventually get dealt but nashville seeing if they can't find a way to get into the postseason they right now have 62 points they're five off the pace 
Uh, their best route might be to try to catch Seattle. They've got two games in hand on Seattle, but they sit eight points back. So Nashville's going to have to do a lot of work to find their way into the postseason. But they are starting to score a ton of goals. This was a team that really struggled offensively. But now over the last few games, they scored seven against Florida last Saturday, scored three in a loss to Minnesota, put up five against Vancouver, six against San Jose. So maybe that's the way they can kind of figure out a way to try to get into the postseason if they can outscore their opponents. They had all kinds of issues early in the season putting the biscuit in the basket. Now all of a sudden they're getting hot, but is there enough time? I don't think so. I don't think the Predators are going to be able to make the playoffs either. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Number five. Well, why don't we give some Vegas Golden Knights some love? They have played really well, six one and three in their last ten, and it's not like they haven't had to fend off a lot of stiff competition in the Pacific Division. Edmonton has played very well; just lost one game in regulation in their last ten. Still a three point lead on them. Los Angeles is six two and two in their last ten. Yet they still sit three points back of Vegas. Seattle now they've got a five game lead on the Kraken, who have fallen into a wild card spot so give Vegas a lot of credit they're starting to come around and of course they've gotten the goaltending all year they're starting to figure out a way to win at home it's been a struggle all year for them at home they've hovered around 500 but now they've actually climbed five games above 500 at 18 13 and 0 at home I've got the Vegas Golden Knights at number five number four well, I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs, the addition of Ryan O'Reilly. He had a hat trick the other night. Is only going to strengthen one of the best offensive teams in hockey. Their question is always going to be in goal, but they've won six of their last ten, plus 44 goal differential is right up there among the best in the NHL outside of Boston. Just stinks they're in the same division as the Boston Bruins. Otherwise, we'd be talking them up just a little bit more, but the Toronto Maple Leafs are in the top five at number four. Number three. New Jersey's had a couple of mail-ins against St. Louis and Montreal, but they are just thrilling to watch. Hughes back into the fold for them. Mercer is playing tremendous. They're going to make a deal at some point. I think their goaltending has been fairly solid, but they're just getting a tremendous amount of production out of their blue line. Uh, uh, Joey Hamilton has been just tremendous for them. Um, you got to really just love what's happening there in New Jersey. They are just playing some amazing amazing hockey um, when they want to I mean there are times where they just kind of fall asleep a little bit but not over the last game that was a tremendous weird I, I said I meant Dougie Hamilton I don't know why I said Joey Hamilton who is Joey Hamilton was Joey Hamilton the quarterback out of Oregon Maybe. i got to figure that out. Anyway, Dougie Hamilton has been very good for them. Got off to a bit of a slow start this season, but he's got 16 goals, 40 assists, 56 points on the blue line, and a large percentage of them have certainly come in uh, on the power play. I've got New Jersey at number three. Number two. Carolina Hurricanes. It stinks, but they're getting closer. They're edging ever closer to Boston as they're 9-1-0 in their last 10. Four straight victories, 20 wins at home. 
They have been great so far this season. And we, every time we talk about it, every Friday, we seem to mention the same names. It's Ajo, it's Natchez. Um, uh, Kakanyemi has played very well for them, but they are really rounding into being just a very, very good hockey team. Much like Toronto, the question will always be, is Frederick Anderson a goaltender that's going to win you a Stanley Cup? We're going to see, but Carolina is certainly in position number two. Number one. Yeah! You know, it's getting stale, but uh, I just throw this stat out at people, and it, it just blows my mind. You've got several teams competing for the best goal differential in the NHL, and I think there's right now a three-way tie at plus 44 with Carolina, New Jersey, and Toronto all at plus 44. Dallas used to be in that mix, but they've dropped a little, especially after blowing that three-goal lead against the Blackhawks and spoiling my three-leg parlay the other day. So they're at plus 36. So you've got three teams second at plus 44, and there sits Boston at plus 93. I mean, that's almost 50 goals more than the than the second-best team. I mean, it just it's crazy what they've been able to do so far this season, and they've added. I think uh, Orloff is going to be a great addition. Hathaway is going to be a tremendous addition, and they still may not be done. They are going all in on this season, and why not? Bergeron's not getting any younger. Marchand's not getting any younger. You know, they're, they're, they're an older team in some ways. Hall's been around for a long time. Hey, strike while the iron's hot. They're doing it, and they deserve to be number one. And, and quite frankly, unless we just wanted to have a little fun, kind of change things up a little bit, uh, really, why would there be any reason why they wouldn't go almost coast to coast? I'd have to take a look and see. When we started doing this, Anthony, because we waited a little while, we wanted to see where everybody was before we started throwing out the uh, top five for the week, they might actually go coast to coast. I don't know if there's ever been another team besides Boston that has been number one. We're going to have to take a look at that, but uh, that would be quite the season. But we all know in the NHL, once you get to the playoffs, it's a completely different animal. Don, right, I have some news. Are you ready? Oh, we have news. Oh, we Anthony, have news. Breaking news. Oh. This is at uh, 2.04 Eastern. No Rangers on waivers today. Okay. It was Kasperi Kapanen, which you already mentioned, and Kevin Gra- Gravel, Gravel on Nashville. And Chris Drieger from yesterday cleared. So whatever deal is going to happen, and Chris Johnston is reporting that you, you should expect a uh, news about Kane within the next 24 hours. It doesn't involve Jake LeCision getting waived by the Rangers. Okay, so he was not held out because he was being waived. No. Is what you're saying. No. So, He's still out because they're practicing today. He's still not practicing. Yeah, so they're so, being held out for something, but it's clearly not to hey, be waived because they have to make the money work, like you right. said, and we're not good at math or why they have to hold out for the money. Um, I don't know if that means both Kravtsov and Lecision will be off of the team as a result of this trade, but it's it's something that you could probably... That you can well, probably piece together, Well, right? clearly, it, now, it doesn't mean that there is going to definitely be a trade, but it just sounds like there's negotiations going on right now. Those are the players that are involved. And the last thing you want to see is the deal fall apart because somebody ends up getting hurt. So that would make sense. Kraftsoff, of course, is no surprise at all because there's no place for him. I mean, he's been a healthy scratch now for the last couple of weeks. Looking at the money... Uh, uh, just trying to find decision. I got you excited, contract. didn't I? I thought, you know, you're breaking in, uh, so I thought that there was a chance that maybe something was coming down. Was that a Michael K-esque breaking news? No, because it's it, it's hockey and we care. Um, most of the time when he says stuff, we don't care. 
I'm looking. Oh I'm, trying, I'm trying to find the salary for Lecision. He makes uh, just a shade under seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars. So it's a, not a lot of money, but it's it's close to a million. So that's probably why you know he would be involved in the deal because you got to make some of the money work, right? And the cap hit for Kraftsoft is. 875. So you're talking somewhere about a million and a half plus the million the Rangers already have. That makes a little bit of room. So make the money work. It's not still, I, I, and, I, and I heard, uh, read somewhere that the, the money for Kraftsoff and Lecision like, would take up about 25% of Kane's salary. So how much more? Now, obviously, the Rangers can absorb some of it with the cap room they have. So with like the Tarasenko deal, they were able to get St. Louis to take 50% of the salary. Can they have the Blackhawks do the same thing? Now, that, that's going to be the question, so we're going to have to see. So sorry if we teased you there, no Kane, but Tim McHale has the first question on social media on Twitter about Kane. Do you worry about Patrick Kane not having played meaningful hockey in six years? Bubble doesn't count, or is his recent play an indicator that he's as good as he's ever was i wouldn't even worry about that i mean you could see he wants to be here i wouldn't worry about not playing meaningful games he still has three rings i would not be concerned about that whatsoever uh brett says rangers have hit a bit of a stumble lately even when getting the win against edmonton flew over for those games love canada that is it's it's great i love I love Western Canada. They fell behind early. Lots of uh, defensive breakdowns and Igor not being Igor. What needs to change? Uh, Jake L. still worthless. Uh, possibly Kane. Yeah, well, I don't like to call any player worthless, but I think if they do make the deal, Lecision will be gone. And certainly, uh, Jake Lecision is not the reason why they're stumbling. Um, the Rangers have gone, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, uh, nine consecutive games allowing three or more goals. And a lot of that has to do with just not getting great goaltending. And let's face it, in a lot of the losses, certainly Winnipeg and Detroit, the opposition's goaltender outplayed the Rangers' goaltender. They lost last night because Huso outplayed Halak, and then the night before, two nights before, Halabak clearly outplayed Shesterkin. Shesterkin has built up tremendous credentials on what was a historically great season last year. So you knew he was going to take a bit of a step back. He seems to, he's admitted that he's playing with a little bit of lack of confidence. That could certainly come right back into a fold with a big win. Um, I would not be surprised if he plays both of these games coming up this weekend against Washington and Los Angeles. Um, just to see, well, obviously, if he plays well against Washington, feed off that confidence, let him play against a pretty good Los Angeles Kings team, and then you get a couple of days off before you got to go to Philadelphia and play the Flyers, and there'll be back-to-back situation then, too, Philadelphia and then home against Ottawa. So Halak will definitely start one of those two games. That's what I would do to see if he can gain his confidence a little bit. Coop says, hey, Don, it almost feels blasphemous to critique Igor on Twitter, but let's face it, he's having an overall down year as compared to what he spoiled us with. Are you seeing the same, and can this be attributed to his home life, newborn at home? Again, I I had a newborn. It definitely affected my life, but players have had kids before. Um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of help. I can't get into his head emotionally, but I do see in my untrained eye, if you will, times where there's a lack of confidence. He's gotten better, but there was a moment, maybe Anthony can jump in and confirm this, about a month ago where he wasn't playing the puck well. 
Uh, he seemed to lose his confidence. He wasn't that aggressive playing the puck, going for the empty net, clearing the puck himself, something he really likes to do, something that is a major part of his game. So that kind of just tells me that this is somebody that his confidence can be affected. He got it back because I think he's stick handling a lot better, but now he's not making uh, the spectacular saves that we're used to. So I guess the bad news is it could be a confidence problem, but the good news is it should be an easy thing for him to be able to get back. Yeah. You don't see the glove side misses as often with Igor as you have over the last two months. It seems like he's just not reading the puck well, seeing the puck well, not even on screens, just just straight-up shots where he's just not tracking the way he usually tracks. No, And and, and, and you know, the other thing, too, is he doesn't see an inordinate amount of shots. Maybe that gets him out of his groove. Uh, I I think, you know, during this period of struggles, I mentioned, you know, nine games which the Rangers have given up three or more goals. You know, part of that is just the league. There's more goals being scored, but also the Rangers have won, you know, six of those nine and have gotten points in seven of those nine because they have scored a tremendous amount of goals. So does that play into where I don't feel like I have to be completely on top of my game because I'll get bailed out by a great offense in front of me? And you know what? They didn't against Winnipeg and they didn't against Detroit. Um, of course, Halak played last night, but, you know, you, you got to try to stay on top of your game. Donnell says, uh, what up, Don? Uh, do you think the Devils will do a trade or stay pat at the trade deadline next Friday? Or were the Islanders or where the Islander is now, do you think that they will buy or sell? Now, listen, they're in the playoffs right now. So and you went out and got Horvat. You gave him money. So I think Lou is going to be aggressive and try to make something happen here. Uh, the Devils, I definitely think, will make a deal. They're not going to rest on their laurels and just be happy to make the playoffs. I think they really want to try to make something happen. Um, AZ Rangers says, hey, Don, do you think if the Rangers get Kane, they will lack uh, playable toughness and be too similar to the Leafs of the last few years? Yes, well, bring Ryan Reeves back. Uh, let's not get crazy about that, okay? We know Truba can throw the body around. He can fight. We saw we saw Alexei Lafreniere drop the gloves last night. You know Gaudreau can fight if he needs to. So, no, I, I don't think you'd have to worry too much about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, how about this? Walt Gecko who is a good uh, listener, he says, mentioned previously from Game Misconduct, in my opinion, the NHL and Disney should have an 11.30 p.m., 8.30 p.m. Pacific time game on ABC almost every Saturday night of the NHL season, much like the NBA did in the early 80s on Fridays on CBS. NHL would likely get the post-Saturday Night Live crowd after that ends at 1 a.m. Well, here's the issue. No one will watch? Well, wait a minute. Let's hear it out. Now, usually ABC's got an NBA game at 9.30. I'll watch. <laughs> okay. They, and that starts at 9.30, usually goes to midnight. So you'd have to work something out with the NBA. Would the NBA be willing to have those games start earlier? And then you got to get the local news in. So I, I'm going to say it's not going to happen unless... ABC and ESPN lose the NBA and it goes to the NBC. Uh, because I think the bigger partner, obviously, is the NBA. NBA likes that Saturday night, um, and and I just don't see how you make it work. Because even if you started the game at nine o'clock, gets over after eleven, they're going to want the local news. There's just no way to have an eleven thirty game if there's going to be an NBA game. Now, if they were able to convince the NBA to start at eight o'clock, which I don't know why they wouldn't, because it's a Saturday. What, what, what does it matter what time it starts? Then you can have the eight o'clock game. Put in your local news, and then after the local news, play the game. 
I just, Walt, I think it's a good idea. I disagree with Anthony. I think people would watch. You'd have to involve a lot of Pacific teams. I mean, uh, because obviously 1130, even on a Saturday night, is really late. I just think you're going to get Pac-12-like numbers from from a game like that. I love hockey. I'll watch it any any time of the day. I'll watch it, it four o'clock in the morning if I have to. You know what? It's not gonna it's not gonna work because now I'm just even thinking too that you've got college football in October and November on Saturday on ABC. Um Here's why this things. will be fun. You wanna know why it'll be fun? Don, if we can get Bob Washusen in the early part of the hockey season to do like an eleven thirty game from LA and then fly at like four in the morning. To wherever the Jets are playing on Sunday. Ah, see that. See would, that it, would be fun for me. That'd be fun for you. It'd be Not fun for, for Dan because there'd be a lot of times he wouldn't make it, and Dan Grasso would be able to do the play by play. Buttle would Buttle would enjoy it, I'd imagine. But, oh, listen, Buttle would enjoy it uh, just for the chaos that it would create. So, well, I I, I like I like where your head's at because it is kind of an interesting thing because you're trying to sell hockey on the West Coast. Eight thirty on a Saturday is not awful. Kings are a good team. But right now, you know, Vegas, you could probably do that. You could do that with Seattle. You could do it with some of the Western Canadian teams. Um, but I just I don't see logistically how it's going to work because I don't think the if the NBA is starting those Saturday night games at like 9, they, they obviously want the, to go late. I, I just don't see how you make it work. And, and I'm telling you, the affiliates – want their local news. It's bad enough they don't get it at 11 o'clock when a game spills into the 11 o'clock hour, but they want the local news. So you could, so so no matter what, whether the, the college football, the NBA, whatever it is, if you convince them to be earlier, you're still going to have to wedge another 30 minutes on top of that to get the local news in. So having it at 1130, it's not a bad idea. I love the fact that you're thinking, but I just don't think it's going to work unless, like I say, the NBA goes to NBC, and there is that vacancy where you can start it um, at that time. But then, I, then I, you know what I would like to see, although that would never happen, Anthony, is have a doubleheader. Have an 8 o'clock game, local news, and then go out west. All right, we'll have EJ on Monday, and we will be uh, days away from the deadline. So we might even have some deals over the weekend. And as you heard Anthony say, it looks like the Kane thing is going to resolve itself over the next 24 hours. And... As of right now, we're ending this recording at 2.16 Eastern. So I guess it could be done by Saturday. And usually everybody knows the really good stories always end up happening on Friday nights when I don't get a chance to talk about it on the Michael K. Show. So why do I have a feeling that, that the Kane deal is going to be done on Friday night and by the time we get on the K, the K. Show on Monday, it's going to be stale and two days old? 6.32 so. p.m. Yeah, that's I guess right. We're off early because of the Knicks. So whatever it happens, it'd be great to see. I, that would be just a lot of fun. All right, uh, here's my weekend. I, I jump on a train tonight and I go down to D.C. I'll be calling the Rangers and the Capitals. That's a one o'clock start uh, uh, on um, ABC on television. Uh, you can also see it on ESPN Plus, but you can hear it on 98.7 ESPN New York with coverage beginning at 12.30, and the game will be after 1 o'clock, and then I'll be doing the pre and post for the Rangers and the Kings, 5 o'clock start back at the Garden on Sunday. So you all get the lay of the land. Uh, the game's tonight before we say goodbye. 
um, that have uh, significance, and there's six of them, and the Kings and the Islanders. Islanders catch a break. They're catching the Kings on the second of back-to-backs. Buffalo on the second of back-to-backs against Florida. How huge a game is that? Both of those teams battling for a wild-card spot. Big game in Toronto between the Leafs and the Wild. Both teams need that game. Canadians and Flyers, if you love hockey, you've got that game. You've got the Hurricanes and the Senators. Hurricanes trying to widen their lead over the Devils and Rangers in the division. Avalanche and Jets, that's a gorgeous game at 8 o'clock. That should be a lot of fun, too. A pair of 31 teams going at each other. 35 for the Jets and 31 for Colorado. All right, great job by Anthony. Great job by everybody that participated on Twitter. We will talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.